Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Prayer is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. And prayer is the turning away from ourselves to God in the confidence that He will provide the help we need. Prayer humbles us as needy and exalts God as wealthy. John Piper. Hey, we're Aaron and Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. And before we jump into today's topic, uh, lately we've been reading off reviews that you guys have all been leaving us. And so this review is by mom to 3 nj She left a five-star review. Thank you. She says, loved your books and learned about your journey. I make an effort to listen to your show every week to help keep me grounded and surrounding myself in truth and love. Every season of life has challenges, but it's encouraging to listen to a solid faith-based couple navigate some things many couples and parents go through. Thank you. Well, mom to three NJ, we want to thank you for leaving us a really great review. Um, these, all these reviews, all the reviews that you guys have all left really bless us. And they also help others find our podcast on things like iTunes. And so we want to invite you, if you haven't left us a review or a star rating to take a moment right now, tap a star rating and write us a review. An honest, loving review is all we look for. And we, we, we honestly love them and we love reading them and sharing them on our podcast as well. So if you haven't done that, please do that today. We also want to let you know that our newest book, The Marriage Gift, is out and available. If you just want to go to themarriagegift.com, you can order yours today. Awesome. So we're, on, we're in part seven of this eight-part series on prayer, on learning to prayer, pray um, in your marriage and for your spouse based off of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. We've been navigating and answering questions like, what is true prayer? When should I pray? What should I pray? Who am I praying to? And what am I pursuing when I pray? Also, can (laughs) can I live without prayer? Which was the last one. Today we're going to talk about and explore what happens when I pray. Yeah, so we're we're in Matthew chapter 6 as we've been going through and we're in verse 12 and we're also going to be pulling out a, another verse from later on in chapter Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Um, but this verse is it says and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Um in this example in this model prayer that Jesus gives us um he includes this very important need that every one of us has. This is like this is this is baseline. It. This is this is what we all need. This is the basis of the gospel even. It's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. When we pray, we are recognizing our need for a savior and for the Lord to redeem, save and help us because we are imperfect sinners, all of us. Yeah, the amazing thing is that Actually, I should say we're perfect sinners. <laughs> yeah, we're perfectly We're perfect sinners. at sinning. Yeah. Uh no, but we are imperfect, meaning we are sinners. Yeah, and we we have a debt, like this word debt 
it implies that we owe God something. Something we can't pay. Yeah. So in, the, in this prayer, forgive us our debts. We're, we're calling we're calling to God to forgive our debts, which is exactly what Jesus did on the cross, is mm-hmm. forgive the debt of sin that we have. Which was God. necessary to cover our sin. Yeah. So we need to recognize as believers how this is... This is one of the most important things when we come to the Lord is, is a recognition of who, where our debts have gone, Mm -hmm. that we have debt Mm -hmm. and that's been forgiven on the cross because it leads us to that second part of this prayer that we're going to be talking about. But what we want, what, what did one of our kids ask us this week? I was talking to our oldest. We're actually talking about cryptocurrency and he had a couple of questions (laughs) about that, but which, you know, Aaron's into, we've talked about that before on the podcast, but he uh, was reading this. It was an intro to crypto for beginners, for kids. And he saw the word debt and he was like, mom, what exactly is debt? And so I went into diving into finances and I was trying to explain to him, um, just the the collective we, how the world operates with like credit cards and loans and debt. Everything. And he looked at me so confused and I could tell it was not making sense to him. And he he was like, why wouldn't we just use the money we earned? Like what? (laughs) Novel. (laughs) That's a great idea. (laughs) Which I think in an ideal world would happen. Um, But that's not what we're living in. (laughs) Um, And so we just got to talk about what debt is. Yeah, but in the so debt is this idea that we owe something to mm-hmm. someone. We've taken something and used something that we couldn't pay for. That's like essentially the idea of debt, right? Mm-hmm. You got your car and you didn't have the money for the thirty thousand or however much it costs for a car. So you now you have debt and you have to pay that back over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a debtor is someone who who owes some someone something. Um and when a when a debt is forgiven or pardoned, um you no longer are under obligation to, to pay, pay it. You're like, you're free. And I don't know that. about you, but so we've, we, uh, if, if anyone's been following us for the last 12 years, when they early, early on, when we got out of debt the first time, oh yeah, uh, that was, we, we talked about how freeing that felt mm-hmm. to finally like have, we owed no one anything. Mm-hmm. It was such an amazing thing. And the Bible actually tells us to not owe anyone anything. And so, but we owe God. We, we, we have sinned against God. We have a debt of sin, a debt that needs to be paid. It's, it, it needs to be paid for. And that's when we talk about forgiveness in the Bible, it's that that's what Christ did. Well, cause here's the thing is, um, the debt itself still exists. Even if you've been forgiven or pardoned of that debt, like it still exists. And the value of that debt doesn't just disappear. Someone else has to cover it. It had to be paid for. So here comes Christ. And I just... Oh, so grateful. Um, But Paul knew this and he shares about it in uh, Philemon 18. It says, if he has wronged you at all, he's talking about Onesimus. Mm -hmm. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. I love Paul. I know. (laughs) the way He's like, I'll I'll pay for it. He's like, just I want to remind you, though, how much you owe me. That I'm not holding against you, <laughs> but, but he is covering the, the, the accounts. He's, he's making it right yeah. uh, for this other person. And so even he was talking about that. And this actually goes into how, how important forgiveness is, because there's a lot of people that think, well, why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why couldn't God just pretend it didn't happen or overlook it? Mm-hmm. Right. 
but like you said, the debt doesn't go away. The sin exists. The sin has happened. The debt has been made that and needs to be paid. It needs to be covered. It needs to be dealt with. It cannot just be wiped out and like, yeah, it has to be dealt with. And that's so the, exactly what Christ did on the cross. I was going to say the debt forgiver is the one who is assuming whatever the debt is and taking it upon their own obligation and to deal with for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So someone that comes in to forgive a debt, he, they don't just say, oh, I don't want this person to have to pay anymore. Then the person that is owed says, well, are you going to pay it? Yeah. And Christ says, yes, I'm yeah. going to pay that. I mean, without saying it, he said, charge that to my account. He did. For us. And what, and the Bible actually tells us that because he did that, his righteousness is charged to our account. Mm. He, he trades it. He's like, you don't have the money to pay. I'll pay it instead. You don't have the life to give. Mm-hmm. I'll give it instead mm-hmm. because I have the life that can pay for it. You do not. Mm-hmm. And then he gives us his life in exchange mm-hmm. for ours, which is incredible. And, and we're, we're building this up to, because we want you all listening to recognize the weight of forgiveness mm-hmm. because until we fully grasp the weight of forgiveness, the weight that it wasn't that because Jesus died, God just forgets about the sin. No, Jesus actually took the sin upon his own body mm-hmm. and put it to death on a cross in his own perfect flesh, took what we deserved and paid for it. And not just us, the whole world. He did that for the everyone. whole world. That's what the Bible teaches. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is calling us to rely on the Lord to help us walk just like him. He, he knows we need an example. He knows we need to see it firsthand. And so that's what leads us into this. What's why, when we come to God and say, Lord, forgive me of my, my debts, but help me to forgive others, their mm-hmm. debts. The second part is so terrifying. It's important, but it's so important because Christ says, because I've forgiven you, mm-hmm. I want you to forgive also. So wherever you're listening, just go ahead and turn that volume up. We don't want anyone to miss this. <laughs> uh, in Matthew chapter six, skipping on down a little bit to 14 and 15, it says, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is, probably one of the scariest and hardest verses in the Bible Mm. because no one likes being wronged and not being um, reconciled. So when someone wrongs you, let's say when when I was in Africa, I was just telling Elliot asked me, he's like, has anyone ever robbed you? And I was like, well, yes, actually I was in Africa and I was trying to exchange some American money for local money. And there was a local guy and he's like, yeah, give me this. And I'm like, Oh, never mind." And, he they, tricked me very quick of the hands. He tricked me. I gave him a $50 bill. And then when I decided to not do the tr- transaction, cause I didn't like what was going on, he handed me my bill back and then turned around and I turned around and I, and I looked and had he had handed less. me a $1 bill Yeah, you had folded less. up just like my 50 was folded up and I turn around and he's gone. He's in the wind. Mm-hmm. And so, man, that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. So what I want is justice. Justice is we find that guy. I get my money back. He gets in trouble. That's justice. That didn't happen. We never found him. He went off and spent my money. I hope he spent it wisely. (laughs) But no one likes being trespassed against, lied to, cheated, stolen from, hurt. Mm -hmm. 
especially in marriage from your the person that you that you trust the yeah. most your spouse no one wants to be trespassed against we hate it but forgiveness is the cure it's so powerful to trespass mm-hmm. think about it your the cure for you being a sinner is the forgiveness of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. this this very truth is if it, if any of you know our testimony or have read the unveiled wife and heard the story of how god captured my heart and what and the, and what he gave me to remind me of how i should view my wife and our marriage was this very thing and it was this idea that if i can't forgive my wife for whatever she's done whatever or hasn't done if i can't forgive her then that means I believe that her trespass against me is greater than the world's trespass against Christ. Or even just your own against Christ. Or my own trespass against Christ. Mm-hmm. The sin that I've committed against Christ is is not as great as the sin that my wife has committed against me. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm withholding forgiveness from my spouse or anyone in the world for anything they've done, then what I'm saying is, and, the, and what you're saying if you're listening and you're, and you're holding it, a trespass against someone is that what they've done to you is more costly and more grievous than what you or the world has done to Christ yeah. and God. <sighs> that truth should shock us because it's, that's exactly what we're doing. Jesus warns, he says, he says, if you do not forgive, I will not forgive. That's a, terrifying thing that means if you're holding on to forgiveness that means you cannot receive the forgiveness of christ because you don't even understand it and yet we all was, do it at various times that's what i was going to say is the only way we can truly forgive others is because we know that we ourselves have been forgiven it's in that well, knowledge of what what true yeah. forgiveness is that empowers us that it enables us well and in the true recognition of the depth yeah of our need for forgiveness yeah because if i think like well I'm not that bad. Uh, what I've done isn't that gr- bad, but mm-hmm. what they've done to me, oh, that's worse. Mm-hmm. That's worse than anything I've ever done. That's what we're saying. Well, so even with all this knowledge and truth and everything that you're saying, even still, I know that it's hard and a difficult thing mm-hmm. for many people. It's it's very difficult. So how do we encourage those listening to take the next practical step in walking as Jesus walked to be like him Mm -hmm. and to forgive. Well, I, I, I want to point out that I I think often we have this, this idea, again, we go back to this idea of we want justice. Mm -hmm. So a part of that justice that we're looking for is I can't forgive until they come and ask me to forgive them. And so since they've never come to me, if they've, they've never repented to me, they've never changed, then no, I'm not going to forgive them. I think that is an easy argument if the person's still alive. But what happens when you're in a relationship with someone and that person's no longer here? Can right. you still offer forgiveness? That's, and that's where the truth comes in. Mm-hmm. Because the lie is that I can't forgive unless that person, unless it, the other party has initiated. has initiated. But that, that can't possibly be what Jesus is saying here. Mm. He, it just can't. So the, the reality is, is forgiveness is something completely separate than reconciliation. I mean, for me, I see that as the forgiveness is the initiation. When you, when you forgive, that opens the door to reconciliation. Well, reconciliation cannot even possibly take place unless there's forgiveness. Right. Okay. So let's look at salvation. So 
Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Mm -hmm. So that means all sins are what? Forgiven. Forgiven. But does that mean all people are reconciled? No, because you have to believe, right? Yeah. So just we look at our relationship and you've hurt me or I've hurt you. Mm -hmm. And you're waiting for me to come to you and you never forgive me. So that door never can be open because let's say I don't even know I've wronged you. How many times has that happened in our marriage? Yeah, a lot. I've offended you and I don't even know it. Yeah. Because that happens. I I make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And you're just steaming and fuming. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to tell him because he should know. (laughs) And and I'm not going to forgive him until he comes and says, I'm sorry for doing that. And I don't even know. There is no reconciliation happening. I'm walking around my life thinking everything's fine. Which makes me so mad when that happens. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I've grown up in a lot of ways over the years. But think about if you start from forgiveness... That doesn't mean we're reconciled yet Mm -hmm. because the offense still exists. I still did something that hurt you, but you say, you know what, Lord? Okay. I know, I know he's my husband. I know he wronged me, but I'm going to forgive him. What's the, um, approach and conversation just for listeners sake on a situation like this, when there's been an offense, but you've chosen to walk out in forgiveness. Do you go to that spouse and say, Hey, I just want to let you know that I've forgiven you for this thing that you don't know about. Well, I, I think because it's a silly tangent, but if I you think start from the forgiveness, like again, in this scenario where I don't know I did something, mm-hmm. it bring it puts you in a different heart toward me where you can now come to me and say, hey, can I talk to you about something? Because the humility is there. Even if you don't start off with saying I yeah. forgave you, Your heart the posture. reason you're coming to me is because you want reconciliation, yeah. which starts with a conversation. Yeah. So yeah. I, going back to the gospel, forgiveness has been purchased for all people, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not, whether they believe it or not. But reconciliation which means the fixing of the two sides of the, the, the sheet. That's what literally reconciliation means it, on, a, on a balance sheet where you have debts and you have income. Yeah. Okay. Reconciliation is they equal out. You've figured out your debts, you figured out your income and they, they've, they've matched. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's, it's flat. It's back to zero and, it, and it's right. So Christ did his part. It says, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ initiated by forgiving us before we ever received it, believed it, wanted it, asked for or, it, anything. Or even understood that we need it. Sinned. Yeah. Exactly. Then, so that, that starts the initiation. There was no other option. Mm-hmm. He started it. He did the work. Mm-hmm. Me hearing that he's forgiven me, him coming to me and convicting my heart of my sin, mm-hmm. the word of God permeating my heart, being spoken to me, the gospel being preached, and I hear it. Oh, I have offended the God of the universe. Yeah. And that God of the universe has forgiven me for my offense. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to believe in what you've done because you've forgiven me. That's called reconciliation. What we're talking about today is forgiveness. God, Jesus is teaching us to pray in this, in this prayer that because Christ initiated because Christ has forgiven us, we can forgive others their trespasses. And he tells us like, but we need to ask sometimes because that's not natural for us. Yeah. It's not a natural posture because naturally we want justice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those listening and to go back to that um, initial question, what is the practical step for when there's an offense and you want, you, you understand forgiveness and you want to walk it out, but it feels challenging and hard. What do you do? Go to God first. Jesus says, help me to forgive my debtors. And you pray about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Help me. 
help me to forgive my spouse. God, I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm broken. Help me to forgive because I don't feel like forgiving. I don't want to. I, I want justice. I want reconciliation. Yeah. I want this to be fixed. I want him to change. I want her to change. But going to him first mm. because then he helps us to forgive. He reminds us, first of all, he's like, he's like, just remember what you've been forgiven of. Just remember that. Because you've been forgiven a lot and I love you and I forgive you. And no matter how many times you have, because in the notes, it's talking about this idea of what happens when they, they do it again. Cause that hurts. Yeah. That was my next question. We haven't got there yet. I was going to ask, how do you, how do you forgive your spouse who apologizes, but keeps offending you in the same way? Yeah. And don't we all do it? Yeah. <laughs> don't we do this? Yeah. We keep offending God in the same way mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And it's so painful and frustrating when you are the one being offended. So I can only imagine yeah. for God how he feels. And we've talked about this in past episodes in this series about praying for your spouse, that God would reach their hearts to would, would transform those areas that you see clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but also asking God to say, God, show me how to see them with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Show me how to forgive them with your forgiveness. I know. Show me how to love them with your love. That was a big part of my prayer when early in our marriage, when there was repeated offenses and um, frustrations over choices made and feeling really angry and really sad and really emotional over Mm -hmm. just what was going on. And um, I remember having to, there, there was a testimony given at a church where there was some infidelity, going on yeah and this they were long past that now and reconciled the husband and wife um but they were kind of giving an interview style from the stage and it was such an encouragement to the couples listening in that room but she said um the wife said i had to see him like a brother in need of christ and not just as my husband because as my husband it hurts and it's offensive yeah but if i see him as god sees him i see a man in need of a savior and i prayed for that yeah and he came to the Lord. I, I remember powerful. that was a really powerful story, which makes reminds me of the, this other truth that we're supposed to, when, when we love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. when you love your wife as yourself, as the Bible teaches the, that a husband who loves his wife is loving himself mm-hmm. or a wife loving her husband is loving herself. I always ask myself, how would I want my wife to treat me yeah. in this situation? If I did what she did, yeah. if I acted the way she acted, how would I want my wife to treat me? Mm-hmm. Um, I say this as if I do it perfectly every time, but I don't, I get, I get hurt and I get offended and I get frustrated. But, but if we ask, if we ask ourselves, okay, they did it again. The very thing that they just apologized about, how would I want them to treat me if I did it again? Mm -hmm. If I failed again, if I stepped over the line again, and often our answer is going to be like, well, I'd want them to have grace. I'd want them to have mercy. I'd want them to forgive me. me I'd want them to love me still. I'd want them to talk to me kindly. I'd want them to encourage me to walk better. Um, Something I, we can also, this is something I prayed a lot and I know you have. Praying that other believers that we walk closely with. And by the way, if you aren't walking closely with other believers. You need to be. This is your call. (laughs) You need to be walking with other believers closely. But um, praying that our close friends who love us would see and say something that sin yeah outside of my marriage that that they they would recommend that they would discern yeah Yeah. and then praying that they would step up and say hey why are you doing that Mm -hmm. that's not right 
you should change. <laughs> There's a new couple that's been um, coming to our home fellowship for a couple of months now. And she was sharing with me that one of the things that she really appreciates about our marriage, Erin, was that we go straight to asking the hard questions. And she hmm. just, she goes, I love that. And they've been out of fellowship for a while with walking closely with believers. And so um, she's, she's excited, looking forward to just the deep conversations. And, and I just bring that up, not to boast in us or our relationship or the way that we operate, but I think it's so necessary as believers that we're all doing it for each other. Yeah. Because when we're confronted with the hard questions, the not just, hey, how are you? Fine. Okay, good. Moving on. When we take time to really dig in and to discern and to see with our spiritual eyes how people are, and we care enough to sit with them in it and to pray with them in it and to encourage them in it, people's lives are changed. <laughs> it's necessary for Absolutely. the whole, for the body as a whole. And if you don't believe us, go back and listen to our handful of episodes that we've done in the past about community <laughs> and the importance of it. <laughs> okay, so I'm all about the questions today, but um, we've already talked about how forgiveness can be challenging for some, especially in this scenario of like repeated Repeating, offenses yeah. um, or not. But how would you say, how would you say, I don't know why I'm starting out saying it like that. What would you say to encourage someone who maybe forgiveness doesn't come immediate or instantly because it can be a process emotionally and mentally trying to navigate what that means to them and their relationship yeah. and their marriage. I'd say it's okay. Now, as long as we're not dwelling in that, holding on to unforgiveness, because I would that's say with, poisonous. Withholding is a lot different than I'm processing than dealing this right with now. or I'm struggling dealing. with. Yeah. yeah. That's a big difference. And, yeah. and we've seen both of that in our, our marriage of just struggling with yeah. it. And like, of course I'm going to forgive you, but right now I'm still yeah. processing Well, because I didn't versus want, I don't want to forgive you. <laughs> I didn't want people listening to this episode feel like, okay, well it's easy for them to just forgive and get over it. But that I couldn't do that. And I, I just want to point out that like, we get it. Like there's been seasons in our life where forgiveness is not an instant thing. And the, that that's an opportunity for the Lord to speak into our lives through his scripture and remind us why we need to forgive and the power of forgiveness and even encouragement such as this today of just praying that we would forgive. Yeah. Um, but it is a process and sometimes it can come quicker than other times. Even if it's the same type of offense that has happened, there's been times in our marriage, Aaron, where you've done something and, um, on one hand, I'd be very quick to forgive you. And then uh, at a different yeah. time for a different reason, it is not easy. <laughs> is, yeah. So we get it. Um, I, there's this question that we need to ask ourselves, even when we say we do forgive and it's something that we've, I mean, everyone listening has experienced this. You say, I forgive you, but really in your heart, you're like, I'm going to hold on to this one. Okay. I admit <laughs> that I needed a lot of refining in this department because I was quick to say with my words, but my attitude, my heart posture, my words coming out of my mouth, everything else did not match those yeah. words. And here's a little litmus, litmus test. Um, if you're listening, do you have a, do you have a perspective of your spouse husband to his wife, wife to his husband, her husband, where you, you think of them a certain way. And it's a, it's, it's a negative thing. Like you, the way they do something, the way they say something, like when they, when they do it, when they say a certain thing in your mind, you, you think like, you're always like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I was walking in this way with you for a lot of years and the, the pile would accumulate my list of 
see, this is, this, this is, is how, who, you, who are. you are and how you are. And anytime you did something that affirmed that, I'm like, see, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's not, I'm, I'm chuckling, but it's like, that's not that's how not we should be operating. Yeah. But that is, that's an, that's an indication that you are forming a identity for your spouse based on their offenses toward you. Mm-hmm. The, the offenses that they've done, perceived offenses, because sometimes they're I not was actually just offenses. Thinking that they're they're not, perceived offenses. Like how, when you think of expectations, yeah. like if you broke an expectation, that doesn't mean that what you just yeah. did was offensive. You that did just, that because you don't love me. Yeah. You're like, wait, well, of course I love you, but I just wasn't thinking, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you have in your mind, you're building a a, a viewpoint, mm-hmm. a perspective, an identity of your spouse based on true actual offenses and perceived offenses that you are unwilling to forgive. Mm-hmm. Even if you said in the past, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And that leads to the question is, have you truly forgiven? Because if you, if you're looking at them through the eyes of this, this identity of offense, mm-hmm then you're going to be offended by the way they put the dishes away. By, by the, every little thing. By the way they don't put the dishes away. And I know the, this because I walked this way and what formed in my heart was bitterness. I was bitter and I didn't appreciate our relationship, mm-hmm. you. Um, and that's but, what unforgiveness turns into, by the way, yeah. that word bitterness. And it literally rots you from the inside out. This You probably would recognize this also with, um, right now I want you to think of, don't say it out loud, uh, a certain relationship, a friendship, a couple, a person. And usually your first like thought about them will be something negative. Like, Oh, they're always late. Oh, they're always flaky. They're always, you, you name the def- definition. That's an indication that you have not looked at that person through eyes of forgiveness, but you mm. hold on to like, Oh, that's who they are. Mm. And they just always that way. And they're just always going to be that way. And I, that's an unforgiving heart. That's not looking at them with the benefit of the doubt. That's not looking at them from a lens of grace and mercy Mm -hmm. and forgiveness. And so when we go to that question of, have we truly forgiven? Yeah. Like they've, they've wronged you in some way or form or fashion several times, multiple times. And you've, you've built now an identity Mm -hmm. of unforgiveness toward them. We do that a lot. And it's why Jesus is like, Remember that God's forgiven you Yeah, and then pray and ask God to help you forgive others. <laughs> so I want to add to the conversation for those listening, um, because I've shared a lot of me walking a certain way with you in the past, but I'm not necessarily there now. I think I've grown and matured in a lot of ways that forgiveness comes yeah. different <laughs> these days. But um, something that really helped me that I realized was that in the beginning of our relationship, I saw forgiveness as this thing that kind of happens to you. Like, oh, when's my heart going to change? Okay, I forgive you. But now I realize it's always been a choice. What? It is a choice that it, you get to walk it in. It was only ever a choice. It's only ever been a choice. I, I've had this. I, I know that you, you were bringing up how you're, you tend to be, but and you have grown a lot. And I've held on to things in different ways. Um usually I won't say something about it for so long, but it builds up in me. And then all of a sudden comes out of me. Oh, well, what happens <laughs> is I end up doing something unrelated. And for some reason it's triggers you to remember other things. And then exactly. you'll bring it up. And I'm like, where did that even come from? Like, that's not what's going on right now. And then we have to walk through both things. Yeah. And so I've hard. had identities about you. And th- going back to our testimony, I had an identity that I formed in you of unforgiveness mm-hmm. that made me, not want you 
And that was what God addressed. He's like, you are holding stuff against your wife that I don't even hold against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dang. That's got to hurt. Yeah. Um, but uh, just real quick, that I also wanted to mention, like with going back to the friendship stuff, there's yeah. been relationships that I, you know, I, I've been hurt in and they've wronged me mm-hmm. um, and us. And there, it's really hard in those situations where especially you don't see how reconciliation is possible. You don't see how that person will ever change to actually forgive them and that it, what it truly means. And I, we've had this talk of like, well, if you do truly forgive them, like that means that that door is open. Mm-hmm. If they ever call, if mm-hmm. they ever reach out that I'm not going to just shun them away. Then and be like, yep, let's do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. And I, and I, I genuinely believe that we could have reconciliation. Do you, do you feel like whether you that ever comes or not? Do you feel like you have to talk yourself into that mental space though? Yes. And it's something actually, <laughs> it's not like a one-time thing. It's not yeah. like, I'm like, nope, I forgive. And, I, and that door's open. It's, and then things happen and then like, memories oh, yeah. come up and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then that one day that I get the phone call, I'm like, okay, Here well, we go. am I going to like follow through what I actually said yeah. I would do? But, uh, but yeah. I do want to acknowledge that, um, forgiveness when you do forgive someone doesn't act, doesn't mean that you have to be in a reconciled relationship per se, oh, where you guys are walking the same way you were before. I'm not talking about marriage. Obviously you brought up friendship and well, I guess, sometimes it's true in marriage too. Absolutely. Wait, no. as in like that you can't just pretend like it never happened. Like it takes years of trust building and it takes, Oh, of course. Of, like that's not what I'm talking that, about though. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What I'm talking about is if there's been someone, maybe not even a close friendship, but anyone outside of marriage that, uh, there was something happened between you guys, major, offense, of some major sort. offense, you chose to walk in forgiveness, but that doesn't mean that you have to choose to continue walking in relationship with that person. We can put boundaries on relationships and choose whether or not to continue Absolutely. walking with certain people. It's, and I just want to acknowledge that because things happen and people go separate ways for whatever reason. And so just because you're choosing to walk in forgiveness doesn't mean that, um, you, you, you are going to have a perfect friendship from that point forward. It might look different, but at least, you know, you could truly forgive them. You can truly forgive them. And like you said, that that door is open if things, things change. change. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and with the forgiveness comes the prayer of like, I, I really pray that this person does change yeah. and grows and matures and yeah. tra- is transformed by by you, Jesus. <laughs> now to clarify in marriage, I would say that forgiveness is absolutely 100% necessary as well as reconciliation because you cannot yeah. have a marriage that is left unreconciled. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Um, and I, when we were talking about like each other's ways of being with forgiveness, um, there was another thing that I remember doing, um, back in the day I'm better now, but I used to be afraid to forgive because in my mind, I thought, well, if I forgive you, it would be like a wash. And then how would you ever learn to be better? Yeah, it's just permission now. Where oh, you, you could just keep doing that thing. That, And I think that brings me back to why I would say I forgive you, but in my actions and my attitude and everything else, I wanted to hurt you. And I wanted to do things that would make you see that you hurt me. Yeah. And so you want me to feel the weight of what I, how I hurt you. You want injustice. Yeah. I feel like over the years, the Lord has like unraveled me. And it's like, oh, here's one more thing to see that you're walking and that's not right. Let me show you the right way. <laughs> we should do an episode on this because I've talked about this. I've talked about my my issue with pornography growing yeah. up and throughout most of my life and how since walking in you know freedom from that, how God addresses 
all the little things, all the other things that were yeah. overshadowed by that one big thing. Yeah. So now that's out of the way. And that's like, now I can, let's focus on this one. Like mm-hmm. la- layers, like you said, it's like, let's, let's peel back. It's just, it's that sanctification process. Mm. It's like, okay, yeah, we, we've worked on one big thing over here that might show up in other ways, but let's, now there's this other thing Yeah. you didn't see before. Now there's this other thing and it's God constantly, yeah, carving out the dead flesh out of us, which is what we want, but it's sometimes painful. Yeah. So you guys know, I like to share definitions of things just because to get a full bodied experience with the word, I don't know. I'm an, I, yeah. I'm an author guys. That's what I do. <laughs> so for the word forgiveness, if you just look up Wikipedia, it says, um, forgiveness in a psychological sense is the intentional and voluntary process by which one who may initially feel victimized or wronged goes through a change in feelings and attitude regarding a given offender and overcomes the impact of the offense, including negative emotions such as resentment and a desire mm-hmm. for vengeance. That's very interesting because I was just thinking, can someone be forced to forgive? The answer is no, right? You just read voluntary. Yeah. This is a, it's a, it's a conscious choice on the part of the offended to do the forgiving. Mm -hmm. There is no making them. You could come and grovel and try and say, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm going to do everything and change everything about your life. And you can come and try and do all of the, everything in your power as the one who did the offense Mm -hmm. to make it right. And that person still gets to choose Mm -hmm. whether to forgive you or not. They can withhold it as a a weapon, as a tool. And not like you were just saying, like we do this, we, we we withhold forgiveness as a, as a way of hurting. Mm -hmm. Imagine if God did that withheld forgiveness from us instead of going and selling everything to buy the field to get the costly pearl, mm-hmm. you know, or the costly treasure that's in the field. Like he sold everything to purchase once and for all our forgiveness. And yet we, we hold on to such little things. Little things, I know. And we, we wield our unforgiveness as a, as a sharp dagger to hurt So if people. you're doing that, stop doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I liked about this definition is the second part where it says that person goes through a change in feelings and attitude, which I've already admitted I've grown in this area over time of recognizing that that is what forgiveness is. And it's so powerful. That change is transformation. Mm -hmm. And that transformation happens when we pray, when we ask God, first of all, we're recognizing that he forgives us and we experience that forgiveness and we're praying and asking him to help us forgive others. And that is what happens when we pray. There's, there's a process of transformation mm-hmm. where our feelings, our heart attitude, which I love your um, response to my question earlier about what's the next practical step when you yeah. know you need to forgive someone, it is to pray because it's in that place of prayer that you're in the throne room of grace and the Lord humbles you that you can see clearly and, and choose to walk in that voluntary there's, process. There's something really powerful in this definition. It says, um, overcome helps the person that's offended overcome the impact of the offense. So you forgiving your spouse who's offended you actually diffuses and defeats the the impact impact of, the, of that offense. Yeah. Which think about the, what that means. Because there's a lot of different offenses out there that hurt people. Well, and what happens in our marriages, you get offended then you walk an offense, you're yeah. bitter, 
angry. Now we're, we're arguing about this and we're fighting about that. And I'm, you know, and I'm mad at you for this and mm-hmm. nothing. It just increases the impact mm-hmm. of the offense, but forgiveness actually diffuses it. And then I, I was thinking about this. I, I, I haven't fully fleshed this out, but the Bible talks about how God can't dwell in the presence of sin, that he is perfect, that he is wrathful, that he is just, and that in his justice, he needs to uh, mete out justice on sin and death and offenses. And we've offended him. But the forgiveness that Jesus offers actually pacifies the impact of our offense on him mm-hmm. so that he no longer when he sees us, he sees Christ. He has, he no longer desires to crush. Mm. I don't know if anyone realizes this, but it says that it pleased God to crush Jesus because that's actually his posture towards sin. That's his posture towards all of humanity who has sinned against him and offended him. Mm -hmm. But guess what he did instead? He crushed his own son so that that offense, that impact of that offense that the world has on him could be pacified, could be, um, that, that it's overcome in Christ. So when you believe in Christ and you, and you have the forgiveness of Christ, that impact of your sin to God, toward God is gone. The consequences of those sins toward God have been dealt with. That just blows my mind to think about. That's good. That's really, really good. So our encouragement for you guys today is to, well, first I just want to like throw out this challenge that if you evaluate your life. Um, maybe it's in your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's with one of your kids. Maybe it's with a family member or a friend. If there is unforgiveness in your heart towards anyone, oh yeah, go to God in prayer. And if you don't have any words, just pray the Lord's prayer. <laughs> just, just reach out to God and ask him to show you how to move forward and how to forgive and how to go through this process of forgiveness. And, mm. um, I don't know. I just wanted to like encourage that. you guys to go to him and just to be reminded that when we do go to God in prayer, we're aligning our hearts to his will. Yep. We're, we're being humbled and, um, it, it may not be like what our flesh wants, but it's what our flesh and spirit need. And God is bigger than us or our relationship problems. And um, he's He's the God of miracles and the God of impossible. So even that relationship that in your mind, you're thinking that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. We just want to challenge you to go to him and pray about it. I love that. So at the end of every episode, we like to end with a prayer. And during this series, we've been sharing prayers from The Marriage Gift, our newest book. And so for today, we're going to, we're going to read 323, and the title is Truly Forgiving Each Other. And the verse that supports it is Luke 17, 3 through 4. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Dear Lord, thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Lord, make us a couple who truly forgives each other. Please help us to stop feeling angry with each other. If there are any lingering feelings of resentment between us, will you please dissolve them? Please help us to reconcile our hearts and minds so that we remain strong as one. God, we ask you for a season of rest and relief from emotional pain and turmoil. Teach us how to cover each other in unconditional love. May we never be easily offended. 
open our eyes to see the good in each other. When we are tempted to think negatively of each other, we ask for your Holy Spirit to radically redirect our thoughts. Lord, please help us pay attention to how we interact with each other so that we can repent of any grievous ways. When we see sin in each other's lives, show us how to gently rebuke each other and also forgive. May your love be made evident in our marriage through the way we treat each other and walk humbly in oneness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.